Hey everyone, welcome to The Exchange Daily. Today is Friday, June 5th, 2020. And today I'm joined by my buddy, my pal, Silver Saunders. Say what's up, Silver. What's up, you all right? I'm good, dude. Um, Hey, today, you know, as you guys know, if you've been listening to the podcast, we go through a psalm or a part of a psalm, and we're going to do that today. Um, But we also want to obviously talk about what's happening, just kind of the spiritual and cultural moment that we're in. Um, for those of you who tend our church, you know Silver. He's awesome. He's he's everywhere, man. That guy's <laughs> doing everything. <laughs> Silver is a deacon at our church, and really, that was something where, through just uh, patience, through training, through persistence, um, you know, we found it necessary to appoint him as a identifiable leader. And um, if you, again, if you do know us, or if you don't know us, um, Silver is black. I am white, and we have a brotherhood, <laughs> and we have a bond. <laughs> You know, there's, there's something, honestly, we just, we want to have this conversation with everyone because man, in Christ, um, it's crazy how I have a brother, but I have certain friends that are closer than a brother, like the Bible talks about because of how we're in Christ. And so this is kind of our hope for today is, um, I love what one pastor said. They asked a guy named Carl Barth, you know, how do you preach in just today's world? And he says, you're just, how do you preach? And he answered with, I have a Bible in one hand and I have a newspaper in the other. And my goal is to exegete both. And I thought that was so good. So that's kind of our hope is we're going to look at Psalm 35, something David was walking through. And we're also going to bring this conversation into today. And some things, some injustice, some oppression, some of the things David was walking through, his response to that, we want to bring in today. So Silver's with me. I'm going to, we're just going to kind of read a few of the verses to get some context. And then hopefully this just leads to a greater more fruitful conversation. So we're in Psalm 35. Psalm 35. Let me just read the first verse. You get the feel of this. Um, David, remember, for a period of his life was being chased by Saul. Saul is the first king of Israel. David is the now the appointed king by Samuel the prophet. And his time to be king is, is just soon. And Saul fears that and eventually turns on him and is pursuing him and trying to kill him at different points. And David throughout the whole time was very honorable which is mind blowing. This guy's trying to literally take his life and he won't disrespect him. He won't, he won't try to fight back in many ways. Um, but yet he's crying out to the Lord for help, for justice. So we won't look at this Psalm 35. David writes, contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Verse seven, for without cause, they hid their net from me. Without cause, they dug a pit for my life. Verse nine, he goes on to say, then he, or yeah, verse nine, he says, my soul rejoiced in the Lord, exulting in his salvation. All my bones shall say, oh Lord, who is like you delivering the poor from him who is too strong for him. Verse 12, they repay me evil for good. My soul is bereft. But when they were sick, I wore sackcloth. I afflicted myself with fasting. I prayed with head bowed on my chest. I went about as though I grieved for my friend or my brother as one who laments his mother, I mm. bowed down in mourning. But at my stumbling, they rejoiced and gathered. They gathered together against me. Wretches whom I did not know tore at me without ceasing. Like profane mockers at a feast, they gnash at me with their teeth. But, and then he says, how long, O Lord, verse 17, how long, O Lord, will you look on? Rescue me from their destruction. 
my precious life from the lions. I just want to keep going and give you the context. Verse 23 says, um, awake and rouse yourself for my vindication, for my cause, my God and my Lord. Vindicate me, O Lord, my God, according to your righteousness and let them not rejoice over me. Let them not say in their hearts, aha, our hearts desire. Let them not say we have swallowed him up. Let them be put to shame and disappoint them altogether who rejoice at my calamity. Verse 27, let those who delight in my righteousness shout for joy and be glad and say evermore, great is the Lord who delights in the welfare of mm. his servant. Yeah. Then my tongue shall tell you your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. The reason why I want to kind of piece this together and not be, you know, please go back and read the whole thing. But the reason why I want to look at this is David is being pursued. He's talking about his enemies. He's saying, God, fight for me without cause, without cause they dig a pit for my life. They're trying to destroy me. He says in verse 11, they're malicious. They're malicious, like in, in the way they attack me and approach me. And he says this, they repay me evil for good. Though I do good, they do evil to me. And then David says something that in verse 13, after he's basically asking for justice, as he's, as he's asking for God's help, mm-hmm. he says, when, when they were sick, I wore sackcloth. I afflicted myself with fasting. I prayed with head bowed on my chest. Man, that just jumped off to me. Um, Here's the thing. This is what we want to talk about today. There's a real sense in which we as believers should be going, God, we we desire justice. What is going on? There's affliction. There's oppression. This is not right. And David, who's doing good, has, I don't know, this unique strength to say, though these guys are wicked and and they they rejoice when I fall, they rejoice when I fail. He goes, when they're sick, I pray. When they're sick, I fast. He even said, I mourn for them as I would mourn for my mother. I mean, this is in the Old Testament, the the New Testament way of saying, bless those who curse you, pray for those who use you. Where Jesus said, anyone can love those who love them, but how do we love our enemies? And so the conversation today, really, I just want to acknowledge there's so much hurt and pain right now. Um, when one body, when one part of the body of Christ suffers, we all suffer. You know, there's a lot of conversations happening right now that are necessary, that are good, that are beautiful, but they're difficult. And man, within the black community in America, within our church, there's just pain. And honestly, our, my heart is just grieved. It's heavy right now. It's been very heavy. I feel like every day there's just been that weight and just kind of praying and going, Lord. And even just David crying out, how long, how long, oh Lord, will you look on? How long? I mean, I think that's just been a question people have been asking. How long, oh Lord, will you look on? Like, what's, what are we to do with this? And I don't want to jump to David's response of just like, he's praying for his enemies. I think that's beautiful and necessary to get to that conversation. But it's like, I don't want to be naive to say, hey, come on, just forgive, move on. We don't, we don't want to jump there. We want to say, we understand that there's a need. There's a need within all of us where we go, God, where, where's the justice in this? Where's, mm-hmm. God, this cannot last. This is not okay. Oppression is not okay. Um, and so Silverman, I just want to invite you kind of into this conversation. You, you kind of, we've talked through this song beforehand, but you see like this split in David's heart of God, fight for me, bring justice. They hurt me. They want to hurt me without cause. And then he's, pr- and so I want to talk to you about that. I mean, what are your thoughts on this song? What are your thoughts on what's happening right now? And we'll just kind of go from there. Well, first of all, this psalm is in so many ways, so convicting. Um, and it's so weird how there's just the aspect that he desires justice to be done and to be done in its complete sense 
but in the same sense, he understands his duty as someone who is uh, in Christ, a man of God's own heart, to to still love in those in those circumstances and still respect in those circumstances. And it reminds me of you know Jeremiah twenty two verse three um, when it's talking about how we must go for we must reach out for the oppressed. We must desire that justice. Yes. Um, and and then also you know at the same sense we think about in Romans chapter twelve. When it talks about how we do not avenge, but we let vengeance be done by God Himself, because mm. God says, "Vengeance is mine," says the Lord. And so, it's understanding there's like an eternal perspective, there's an eternal thought where one day the justice that God will give will be more than the justice that we can ever give on earth. What He has in store for people who are in Him is eternal life, but people who are apart from Him and decided to do wrong against Him. It's eternal death and the justice, the justice that will be served towards them, the vengeance that will be in store for them is more than we can ever fathom or we can ever understand. And it will be justice served completely. Dude, you know, I agree with that. You know, I mean, I'm in this place where my heart, you know, you, you, when we watch what just happened, what's happening, you know, there's a side where this is not okay, right? Like, this is not okay. Um, we're not just seeing we realize this is a bigger issue going on. I mean, there's this racism that has its roots go deep in our country. And there's one of those things where we, we want to mm-hmm. um, be those who advocate, not just empathize, but be advocates for that. That's where it's mm-hmm. conversation. And then what you're saying is so true, which is, you know, we were talking about, we want justice, but man, at the end of the day, it's like George Floyd lost his life. You know, many others have lost their lives. Are we ever going to get justice in the way on this side of eternity? Like, not that we don't pursue justice, of course we do, but what you said, like true justice, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Like there is a sense of this where there is a mm-hmm. greater justice I think our heart longs for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's hard because as just believers in Jesus, as followers of Jesus, you're going, but man, like, you know, we want everyone to receive the grace of God. We want the grace to transform them. Like, you know, we want there to be change and reform and even having to change laws and different things like that but also we can Mm -hmm. change laws all day long but it doesn't change the heart right like that's what we've been talking about you know so we can change laws try to bring reform in which we should pursue those things absolutely Mm -hmm. but also at the end of the day we're going god change hearts because you can change hearts and then there's still you know sin takes on many different faces and racism is one of many but you can change laws there's still going to be sin and heart and so we're kind of saying jesus just bring greater healing heal the human heart Mm -hmm. i mean so I guess, you know, with that, you know, as followers of Jesus, man, how do we make a difference right now in this moment? Well, wow. There's, there's so much that we can do right now in this time. And it makes me think, you know, uh, it makes me think just the fact that there's a lot of different polar ends. There's, there's opposites that are kind of like going against, against each other, even in the church. And that shouldn't be the case. You know, you have, um, I believe what we need to do right now in this moment is look at this through a gospel lens. Mm. Um, what did Jesus do for us, right? He gave himself up for the benefit of all. He gave himself up so that we can have life and that we can have life more abundantly. And so when I look at this circumstance, right, and I see all the different aspects of what's going on, you know, it just kind of makes me think of like a scenario. And I just, I thought about this aspect, right? Where say, for example, me and my friend are, uh, we're driving down the road and we see someone who was brutally, brutally, brutally beaten mm. um, just just destroyed right first thing we don't we don't do is we don't overlook the circumstance right we don't overlook the situation and we just don't we don't just keep on driving 
Why? Because we love justice, right? So we pursue that person and we, we go and help that person, right? Mm-hmm. We don't just dismiss it. We don't say, hey, listen, man, uh, if, if, if my friend's like silver, man, we should go help that person. I'm not going to go and say, listen, bro, um, nah, man, because look, you shouldn't worry about this person because there's a whole bunch of other people on the other side of town yeah. that they're hurting too. We should definitely miss this person and go talk about the other person over there. And guess what else we don't do? We don't say, hey, man, look, this person just got beat up so bad. You know what we need to do? We need to go start beating up everyone else in the area so that this person can have justice. We, we got to hit something. We got to make some noise. Because guess what? That's not loving justice or mercy. That's, a, that's not a, a righteous anger. That's an anger that is rooted and grounded in sin um, and, and sadness as well. But we do not overlook the situation. We do not dismiss the situation and think about other things that are going on. Um, and we do not retaliate, but what do we do? We always talk about love justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is address the immediate need. We are going to go to that person. We are going to go administer help to that person. We're going to go wrap him up. We're going to go take him in. We're going to invest deeply into that person because guess what? He's a person right in front of us. And we're going to share the gospel with that person. We're going to love that person. Mm-hmm. And after that person has been restored, we can go on continuing pursuing the gospel through in our lives, to other people, to other injustices, this, this investing in this does not dismiss other, does not dismiss the other things that are going on in the world. Mm-hmm. We are able to do this well, to love this people group. Listen, this is a people group right now who is hurting. The yeah. Bible says to mourn with yeah. those who mourn. Yes. And how dare we try to dismiss it? Like yeah. it's not the case. But we also cannot justify the wrongdoings that are happening as a result of a wrongdoing that happened as well. Mm. So we have to make sure we administer needs and help to this person right now where they're at, to this people right now where they're at, and just love them and continue to love God and pursue justice, mercy, and walking humbly um, Mm. in the Lord. Dude, that's so good. I mean, I'm with you on that. Like, there's a side of this man where, you know, obviously right now social media is like not a great place to be living, but probably all of us are living on there in some ways where mm-hmm. we're watching videos or just seeing people rant. Or go yeah, off. Big time. And man, sometimes there's obviously like Facebook fatigue and some of those things that just kind of make our <laughs> yeah. heart weary, you know, but you're right. Like there's, sure. there's a very real side within believers. I want to say, you know, man, we need to be like Jesus, which is he showed compassion. He showed compassion. It says that over and over exactly. again. Exactly. Over and over. Yeah. We're, time. My heart hurts when I see people making just very insensitive comments or not trying to sympathize, not trying to go, this is my brother or sister. This is a person who's made in God's image. I am made in God's image. Exactly. You know, I need to be an advocate. We're told over and over again for the oppressed or for those. Just, and dude, there's a lot of different things that can oppression can come from individuals. It can come from systems. It can, it can come from so many things, but we're told to be an advocate. So there's a side of this man where I want to like, there's that call to the church of, listen, we need to right now step up and mourn and weep with those who weep and go, Jesus, I, I, even though I can never, we can never truly understand anyone's situation, but give me the eyes that you have for them. Give me the love that you have. And, and so there's that, there's that and that we need. And then again, there's that side where the scriptures say, as you brought it up, like be angry and do not sin. So some people mm-hmm. need to be angry. Like you're not angry about this. Like you need to be angry, of right? Like there's something exactly. like, come on, be angry. And there's some, the last part of be angry and do not sin. It's that last phrase of some of you uh, need to not sin, uh, but it's good. You're angry, but how do we, you know, we, and listen, we quote Jesus over turning tables. We talk about that. And I get that, he, but he was there the night before watching, looking, witnessing, and and saying, okay, I'm going to do this in a calculated way, and it's going to make a statement. And ultimately, 
we know it led to his death really um mm-hmm. but he was willing to make say i need to make a statement that this religious system is not okay what's set up right now taking advantage of people that's what's happening in the temple this is not okay we got to overturn some tables to bring justice here to to shine some mm-hmm. light here but it wasn't this calculated way that led to his death for the salvation mm-hmm. of all um and i guess you know there's that what we're trying to talk about is man some people are not angry where we need to be angry in yeah that, and and, and there's way, there's yeah. that Exactly. And there's that aspect of as well, you know, like to be angry. I mean, obviously, if we're just in, if we're just allowing the sin of omission to take place in all of our lives, and how can we love justice, right? The Bible explain says to love right justice. And, explain the sin um, of omission. So when people hear sin of omission, what's that? Yeah. So you see a wrongdoing and you see something wrong and you just, you don't do anything about it. You stay yeah. back. You didn't do anything at all, but you didn't do the right thing, right? You didn't pursue that right thing. You didn't pursue that justice. And so you overlook it. Um, but even in being mad, right, I want to address that too. You want to look at the root cause of why you're mad too. Mm-hmm. You don't want to, you don't want to be mad at an injustice and look at the fact that someone, um, you don't want to look at a physical wrong and only be mad at that, right? You want to also look at the fact that we are spiritually deprived. There's a spiritual like oppression as well. So, right. So you see the people, like you see blacks who are, who are unjustly treated over and over and over again in our society. Um, you see whether it's racial slurs, whether it's killings, whatever the case might be, it's still a fact. You cannot deny the fact, right? Um, but apart from the aspect of um, the, 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 what we see on the outside, the fact that there's oppression physically, there's also oppression because of spiritual things, right? And so when we get mad, we want to get mad first and foremost through the godly lens of the fact Mm. that we are spiritually deprived. Mm. And so when I see someone, when I see a man who's made in the image of God, kill a man who was made in the image of God, it should infuriate me no matter what, right? Mm. And then as a result of the situation, the physical, where there's a black man being killed by a white man, we need to address the surface stain, Mm. but we need to also address the deep-rooted issue that there's sin in our hearts. We are desperately wicked. No one can know it. We cannot understand it, right? And in doing that, we get to cover every aspect of the problem, right? Because we're looking at the deepest foundational problem of sin. And now our anger comes from a righteous anger from God himself, not from the physical that we see here on earth, but because of what God has intended. The Bible talks about how his will is for God's kingdom to come, right? And if that is apart from God's kingdom, and that is why it is wrong is because it's not, it's not in alignment with the gospel message. Mm, dude. So good. You know, so there's so many thoughts with this. I'm, I'm reading a book or listening to a book. I posted on my story the other day um, called insider outsider by a pastor. His name is Dr. Brian uh, Loritz. And I think the subtitle is like a black pastor in a white evangelical world. And man, it's mm-hmm. been challenging. I've, I've needed, I, I need this. I need to read this. I need to be stretched. I need to be challenged. And I need, I don't know, it's been really good. But one of the chapters he brings up is reconciliation, right? And, and here's what he says. He, he basically talks about, we all want to see reconciliation happen. That's like a topic of conversation. And his main exactly. point was, you know, we want to see racial reconciliation. We want to see, you know, a respect and honor for everyone's race. Like we want to have that. But he brings up the point, he says, listen, you can never be reconciled to man if you're not first reconciled to God. So exactly. we're trying to, you know, bridge this gap. Like we need racial reconciliation. And I, I appreciate what this pastor is saying. He's saying everyone, 
everyone be reconciled to God. When you realize those big principles that I am and you are made in God's image and you have intrinsic value just based off being the image bearer and you realize that God, you know, in Adam all die, but in Christ all are made alive. And when we realize Mm -hmm. um, if I'm reconciled to God and then Galatians 3.28 says there is neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free, but we're all one in Christ. He's like, Mm -hmm. That brings a sense of res- racial reconciliation that the world wants. They, we want that. The world wants it, but they can't truly complete it or offer it unless it's first found in God. And exactly. Dude, that's our heart. Our, our heart is, and here's what I guess I'm bringing this up. Maybe you've seen this too on social media. There's like a side of this where it's like uh, people are praying. It's like, this is not the time to pray. This is the time to, and, and I get what they're saying. Like, yeah, we need to actually have re- real physical, you know, uh, legislative changes, things like that. But I feel like the enemy's smart, man, to go, yeah, don't, this isn't so time smart. Like, so, like, what a good tactic. And I really feel like, no, this, this is the time to press into our creator, all of us, more, uh, more so now than ever. And then through that, like, the fruit of that will be racial reconciliation. Like, the similar things, exactly. you know. Um, sorry, and, I don't and I just want to comment on something. No, I want to comment on something like that real quick, because first of all, I mean, you look at the Psalms, right? They're your prayers, Psalms, songs to God, right? Prayers to God about what the situation is going on in their lives right now. Obviously, you look at David right now, he is praying to God, asking God, right, for, for that justice to be served. But even if you want to talk about justice in the New Testament and how God pursued justice and how God was a God of justice, if you want to look at Luke chapter 18, you know, um, you see that in the first verse, I'm going to read it real quick. It says, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to lose heart. This was right before um, Jesus goes into the parable of a persistent widow who continuously went to an unjust judge over and over and over again, asking to be to get to be given justice from her adversary. She was being oppressed, right? And she she went to God. Oh, she went to the man, the unjust judge, over and over and over again. Eventually, the guy was like, "Hey, listen, man, um, you're kind of annoying me, basically." And <laughs> yeah. so, as a result of that, I'm just going to give you your justice so that you can leave me alone. Um, then God says this. How much more so will I give justice to those to, to my elect, right? Who cry to me day and night? Um, how long will I delay over them? No, I tell you, um, He will give justice to them speedily, um, and that's exactly what God. God is a God of justice, and He desires justice. He loves justice, and so when when the parable starts with saying that we ought always to pray and not lose heart, that is exactly what we must do. That is the foundation of our movements. If, we're, if our movements is not grounded in spiritual things, if our movements is not grounded through the Holy Spirit, the walls that we are tearing down right now will be built up on other foundations that are not even, that are not well. They will, be, they will have to be brought back down again. But the foundation that we need to build after these racial walls tear down, we need to build these foundations on the gospel, on Christ, the solid rock, because only in his foundation will these things stand. Because we do not want to do this. and, and we don't want to do this and build it our own way. And then it has to fall, fall down again as a result of our doing it in our own strength, not the strength of God. Dude. So good. Cause yes, like some, obviously things, some things, some ideas, some policy, some things need to be, like you said, torn down, but are we building, mm-hmm. are we going to rebuild on the gospel on Christ? And I don't mm-hmm. think that's the overall plea here, you know? And mm-hmm. I think the beauty of we're, we're saying, man, you can find what we're trying to look, find. So we're trying to find peace. We're trying to find healing. We're trying to find reconciliation. We're trying to find justice. We're trying to, all the things like we're chanting for are found in Christ. And I think that's what we're getting at. 
Like exactly what you quoted in Luke 18 of men ought to always pray and not lose heart. All, I mean, that's how it, it begins. Always pray. We ought, and mm-hmm. there is this idea that like prayer, you know, the church, you know, this is not what's needed right now. And it's like, no, that the message of Jesus, the message that we want a kingdom, we want a kingdom, but without a king. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to happen. Like we want a kingdom of peace and love and justice. We want that. But in order for that to happen, it needs to be Jesus being the king. Yes, it's crazy. So, so let's bring in the king. And that's what we're trying to say. Bring in the king. And then you'll, well, the kingdom everyone's wanting in their heart, it's not going to mm-hmm. happen without the true king reigning on, really yeah. and reigning. And yeah. man, I mean, also too, but there's, there's a side of this where like we were just talking through this. It's, I think it's uh, Matthew 22 where Jesus was talking to a bunch of just religious, religious mm. people. And he's like, you guys love to be greeted in the temple. You you know, you love to be seen for doing good works, you know, um, and you love to be known for tithing, but you pass by the weightier matters yeah. like justice. Yeah. And dude, yeah. that's so, that's so good. Cause you know, there's a side of, I don't know, there's some things happening right now, like social shaming, like on people's yeah. social media. It's like, listen, there should be a call for us. Like I, dude, I'm trying to listen, read, learn, you know, educate, but also at the same with, but with the Bible in my hand and other authors and another, but keeping mm-hmm. the Bible that center. And then you don't want to pass by the weightier matters of like, let, you know, look what I'm doing. How come you're not doing what I'm doing? And like we're social mm-hmm. sh- and we're still passing by justice. I mean, any, any thoughts on that, like social shaming amongst this? Oh my goodness. So many, so many. So, I mean, if you just think about what you said just now, right? Oh, I'm not doing, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. Well, there's the aspect that what is your heart for doing it in the first mm-hmm. place? Is it self-seeking, right? Mm-hmm. Are you really doing it for justice to be served? Or are you doing it to look good for other people? It's mm-hmm. easy to do that on social media. So easy. Yeah. Um, but that's one side, right? But then the other side of the fact of the matter is that there is a self, self-righteousness in saying, hey, man, but what about, what about like abortion, man? How come, how, why, why, why do, like, or how about um, people who are, you know, being human traffic? You know, you, what we can do easily say what about all the under other injustices of the world what about all the other people who are this or who are that um and we can say oh look i do this i do that you know what you're talking about in matthew 23 you know verse 23 you know when it says you tithe mint and dill and and all these different things but you neglected the weightier matters of the law justice and mercy and faithfulness and here's the thing right we can go ahead and we can um we can call out call out call out but we're not loving the justice and the mercy that God has called us to do. And then when it says that, like it makes it look good on the outside, right? We're like, oh, we care so much about everything else. Mm. But what it what it says, what the Bible says to the Pharisees, look, outwardly you appear to be beautiful, but with, within you're full of dead men's bones, right? Mm. You're you're white on the outside, but on the inside you're full of dead men's bones. And so we have to make sure that whether you're on one side or whether you're on the other side, first of all, to to compare it to the gospel lens. Yeah. But also the Bible says to examine yourself, examine your heart right? Do you truly desire um, justice? Do you truly desire mercy? Are you truly caring about different things? Or are you just trying to win an argument? Mm. We have to make sure that we are trying to bring everything into the lens, the scope, the way in which God sees things so we can do it foundationally and also come together as one and do what? Just pursue justice. If how in the world can we be in Christ, right? And we should be of one accord, how come we are all not pursuing justice together? Why are, not, why are we not all coming alongside each other? Why are we pointing fingers? I don't understand that. If Christ has done this for us, given himself up as he was God himself, 
right? If he's given himself up and has served us, how can we not serve each other in such a beautiful way and be different from the world and look different from the world and pursue the gospel message so we can be lights for Christ in such a beautiful and magnificent way? Mm, dude, I'm with you because I, I think what you're getting at too for everyone, so every human, what if we were to ask this question, you know, this is kind of what I'm trying to ask myself right now. Where am I not thinking like Jesus? Like where exactly. in my thinking is off? Where am I not yes. being compassionate enough or just about justice or just about, you know, um, you know, like again, Proverbs and Psalms talk a lot about standing up for those who have no voice. Exactly. So I'm going to ask myself questions like, where am I not being like Jesus? And then also when bitterness and hatred fills my heart or your heart, where mm-hmm. am I not being like Jesus? So, I mean, here's the thing, the gospels, I love this. It's like an equal offender <laughs> opportunity where yes, good. everyone needs to repent. Everyone mm-hmm. needs to go. My, my worldview is, is a good thing. I'm not God, right? Like if God agreed with me or if God agreed with you, if God agreed with the world, like if God agreed with everyone on everything, first of all, he, it'd be a nightmare. God's not here to repent and turn to our way of thinking, but we're to turn to his way of thinking. There there are different questions, topics where I go, where is this just me being Josiah? But where does, how does God want me to think about this? How does Jesus want me to think about this? And I think that's where we're saying, can everyone have that? Because that just creates a, a, a crazy humility where you're willing to say, you know what, maybe I'm, I'm thinking in the flesh right now and I need to think more in the spirit. And, you know, give me a second. I need to bring this to the Lord. And it kind of brings a conversation like to just humility where you're not, you know, flaring up and trying to defend your you know, position or defend something else. You're just trying to go, you know, but it's again, apart from Jesus, it's hard, it's hard to have a conversation. Exactly. In, exactly. Like, you just can't because we're told in Philippians too, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then exactly. this humble scenario. So that's, I think what we're looking for. And then here's what I want to get at, man, the cross is offensive. The cross mm-hmm. is offensive because the cross is basically saying God cares deeply about justice and deeply about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that's <laughs> offensive, man. That's so offensive. Like it is. Jesus died, like brutal death. Like Jesus died and innocently, innocently he died. Yeah. And you go, this was God saying sin has to be judged. It's either judged on you and me or it's judged on my son. And I think here's where the offense, mm-hmm. offensive side comes. It's saying you could be as religious and as good or as bad as you want, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> you need forgiveness and that's only found in Jesus. And I need forgiveness only yeah. found in Jesus. And mm-hmm. that's offensive. It's offensive to think that, um, you know, you, you just think about what's happened historically, even just throughout the world. You think about the Holocaust, you think about just some terrible events and you go um, repent and believe on Jesus and there can be forgiveness. Now, it doesn't mean there won't be justice. doesn't mean there won't be, you know, consequences for people's sins. Absolutely there is. But on a, when it comes to eternity, how the blood, we've been talking about this in Hebrews, how just the blood of Jesus is powerful to remove what other sacrifices were never able to remove. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. This just reminds me and you, dude, I think that we've been talking how, you know, first and foremost, I am and you are a follower of Jesus. Like that is my true identity. I mean, and yeah. you share some thoughts on that if you want to just share about that. Yeah, you know, I just, I, you know, as, as you know, as a black man, um, who people see my color and they see, they see black, right? Um, I, I don't quickly uh, associate with that first, right? I associate with the fact that I'm a, I'm a child of God, right? I'm a man in image and ultimately that I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm not a citizen first of the United States. I'm not a black man first, right? 
first I'm a citizen of heaven, first I'm a man, a man made in the image of God, a child of God, right? And so through those things, through that scope, now I can still um, appreciate uh, the fact that, and, and, and have, have a strong ties to the fact that I am black, have a strong ties to the fact that I'm American. Because guess what? You know, in heaven, the Bible says that there would be every tribe, every tongue. And that's what we were talking about before, the fact that we will still be, right, able to represent where, where we were from, and it will be all in one. It will yeah. be all, to, to all together, all one. But to remember foundationally who we are in Christ, so we can all actually come together as one and not neglect one another. And, you know, this is, this is not an easy thing to do, you know. And um, the thing is, is that when you look at, like, the gospel, when you look at uh, what Jesus even says to his disciples, you know, you remember when uh, Peter, he, he came to Jesus and he was talking to Jesus about, like, hey, listen, like, you're not going to die, right? You're not. Mm -hmm. You can't. Um, and he goes, like, get thee behind me, Satan. Why? Because you are setting your mind on things, not on things that are God, but things that are on man. And so when we look at things that are on man, we, we can get skewed, but when we look to things of God, we have the proper lens to see everything else in his mm. proper perspective. Well, then after that, immediately after that, he says what? Um, whoever would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, right? The, the offensive cross, dying to yourself and follow me because whoever saves his life right now will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Um, and so we have to remember that gospel lens. And, and I just want to like say one more thought, you know, because I was reading through Mark and I got to see something else, you know? Um, when, when Jesus healed uh, a boy who had an unclean spirit and, and the father was like, Hey, look, can you please heal my son? Um, he says, uh, if you can do anything, have compassion and help us, you know, and Jesus continuously over and over and over again says like, I, he, he, he loved this person. He had compassion for this person. He did this for these people. Um, and so God, he, he goes for the people who are in need. He goes to the people who are, who are, who, who need help. So it's not about not taking action, but in denying ourselves, we actually have the opportunity to do this for people of, of, um, of the people of the black people right now who are being oppressed, but also people in general. We're able to do it through the scope of the, the lens of the gospel, which covers everything and doesn't, doesn't put one above the other, doesn't want to put one below the other. But because there's a, a need right now, that's what we need to pursue in this very moment. Dude, thank you. I mean, that was kind of my, my question to you is so right now um as followers of jesus because i mean obviously you know what you said first and foremost is it's kind of offensive right if you think about it when you said you know i, I first identify as a follower of jesus because i know that's not everyone's first presupposition like that's not their first stance for a lot of people it's first and foremost i'm an american first and foremost i'm european first and foremost i'm black first and foremost i'm fill in the blank and you're saying, first and foremost, I'm a follower of Jesus. And that, that's like, mm -hmm. that can be misunderstood at times. But here's what I love yeah. about scriptures too, right? Which is, because yeah. dude, God made you black. Like, you're, you know, yeah. like, we honor that. We go, that's beautiful. Exactly. It's, like we it's honor, beautiful. Man, uh, a Jewish culture, Indian culture, we go, man, we honor that. God, like, so the Bible's not, it's crazy. Because I love this, how it's like this, this crazy dichotomy of there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free. You're all one in Christ. And yet... Cause that some people can read that like, and that's beautiful. Some people can read that though mm -hmm. and think, are you saying like, you know, that you're colorblind cause that's not good. It's not saying that either. Cause what happens in revelation floor, he says every tribe, every tongue, every exactly. nation is gathered at the yeah. throne. So it's not like in heaven one day we all become middle Eastern. <laughs> it's not like, <laughs> you know, it's not like we all be, it's like actually in fact, you know, yeah. God that, that plays into eternity. And that yeah. is again, not to diminish. Beautiful. 
yeah, it's beautiful. And so there's this like oneness in Christ where he acknowledges you're neither, you know, male nor female, mm-hmm. slave nor free, you know, but there's also that side of, it's not like that's the, our heritage is taken away. It's actually carrying exactly. on, which is so, I love mm-hmm. that about the gospel because there's, there is that desire for both in us of like, can't we just see, you know, isn't there this oneness? Can't we just see that? But then you're like, but yeah, also, it's not like culture and heritage, mm-hmm. right? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just saying it's like not one um, or the other, you know, it's, it's both and it's, it's all together. It's, it's that almost in a sense, like a paradox type of thing where God conclude, includes it all together under him, one in Christ, um, but still individually unique in our own pursuits, in our own gifts, in our own abilities. Um, and that's the beauty of the body of Christ. That's the beauty of the gospel. Where again, we can come together for a common goal to bring glory to God in our lives, not glory to us, not glory to man, not anything else apart from God himself. And we get to come together and do that together. And it's a beautiful thing because why? We are made by God and for God. In him, we find that ultimate fulfillment, satisfaction, joy, peace when he is uplifted above everything else. Dude, that's so good. So, okay, with that, man, what can we do? I mean, what, how, what's our response as followers of Jesus? What, what should we do? What can we do? And if you don't mind, just like bullet pointing it. So everyone listening has like, okay, this is my mindset moving forward. And these are my actions moving forward. What would you say that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, again, as we first mentioned it, you know, we have to be first and foremost, a people of prayer. Because again, our God is a God of justice. You know, that's what um, the, the widow in uh, the parable did. That's what David does continuously through the Psalms, asking God because he believes and trusts in God um, to, to deliver that justice. You know, and we also need to mourn with those who mourn. You know, you look at Romans mm-hmm. twelve fifteen to mourn with those who mourn, weep with those who weep. Um, you look at the fact that our mourning needs to be spiritual. You know, you look at Matthew 5, um, verse 4, it says, blessed are those who mourn for they should be comforted. Um, and uh, you look at even Paul, you know, when he had tears in his eyes because many people were enemies of the cross of Christ. Our, our mourning should be spiritually based and founded because of the physical harms, the hurts that are going on in the world. Um, they should go together. Um, and then we must take action and we have to learn. The Bible talks about how we have to be all things to all people, all people, you know, servant to all. Um, and uh, he says how he was a Jew to the, to the Jew and he was a Greek to the Greek. Yeah. Um, and why? So that um, he can share the blessings of the gospel so that he might be able to save some by being all things to all people. Wow, um, so good. And, and, and lastly, and, um, and, and most importantly, what is our call in Christ? You know, the Great Commission, you know, to go out into the world and proclaim the gospel in this time. Have you once uh, proclaimed the gospel or have you proclaimed your own sense of self, your own sense of uh, thoughts of justice mm. or to go out and proclaim the gospel? Because guess what? In proclaiming the gospel, it shows that there's a deep desire in our hearts for justice to occur um, because it only can come through a gospel lens again. And then um, because ultimately from the flesh, um, reach corruption and from the spirit, eternal life occurs. And so we have to make sure we're going out into the world, mm-hmm. preaching truth in, the, in accordance to what the word of God says, not what we say. And so that doesn't, so in our desire of justice, that doesn't mean we stay still. We have to go out and learn. We have to go out and do, we have to educate ourselves. We have to make sure we're putting ourselves into other people's perspectives. We make sure that only through the, only through the Bible, we can actually have that deep yearning, that deep cry in our hearts, whether I'm black or white, if I'm a white person, right? And there's going to be a deep cry in my heart for justice for the people who are being oppressed, not because of simply only because of the color of their skin, but because of the fact that God has placed that in you, right? Mm-hmm. It's not anything that 
you could have done yourself is God has placed a deep burden in your heart. And so we have to seek God um, for that gospel sending letter. So it doesn't matter whether you're black, you're white, you're red, purple, green, orange, blue, whatever the case might be. Like it doesn't, it obviously it matters, like, right? But it doesn't matter when we look at it through the gospel lens first, um, because then it covers everything else we are able to, to go into the world and preach the gospel through that lens. Dude, the verse you just said, I think is a good mantra for everyone, right? Moving forward, because it says, I have become all things to all people so that by all means, I might save some. And I just yeah. think of the gospel. I mean, dude, that's the heart of like, I want to become all things to all men so that they might know Jesus, man. I want them to be reconciled to God so we can be reconciled to each other. Dude, would mm-hmm. you just um just pray us out? Would you pray for healing? Pray for just the <laughs> moment we're in and, and then we'll just kind of co- close with some thoughts after that. For sure, for sure. Father, just thank you so much for who you are and uh, for what you do in our lives, how you uh, give us deep passions in our hearts, Lord, for justice and for mercy, Lord. Thank you for the fact that through this situation, we have been able to realize that the outcry um, of, of many people's hearts and not only the outcry, Lord, but we have been able to see many people from many different races stand up for justice to be served. We have been able to see um, that in us, we have deep passions, Lord. So let us use that for your gospel and for your kingdom. Um, Lord, thank you for being a God of justice, um, for pursuing justice, for even using us as instruments to to pursue that justice um, through love and through mercy, through kindness, Lord, to be able to walk humbly with you, um, which is what it says in Micah 6, 8, Lord. Thank you so much for uh, just what you're doing in this time. I thank you for um, just my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. Thank you for um, the, the coming together to pursue a common goal. Uh, thank you for um, justice that has been continuously being served because of the outcry um, um, of, of people, of the nation's heart, of the world's heart. Um, and Lord, let, let that heart, Lord, but let it be first um, founded in you, Lord. And uh, I just ask that from this, we can take action. I ask that from this, you can be with us. I ask that in this and through this, Lord, we can continue to pursue justice um, in all aspects of our lives, Lord. I ask that we do not be complacent. Lord, I ask that we can realize and remember that um, ultimately the Bible says that narrow is the way that leads to eternal life and few are those that find it, mm-hmm. which means that we need to make sure we're going out and spreading the gospel because if we care about justice, if we care about mercy, and if we're walking humbly, Lord, then we desire for people to be saved. We desire for people to hear the gospel, Lord. So let us proclaim that gospel message, which covers every aspect of our lives because it deals with our hearts, our hearts first. And so, Lord, just change us, renew us, strengthen us. Lord, give us, Lord, you, you've given us a hope. Lord, let us look to that hope. Let us see you um, in this circumstance and let us see it through your eyes. Um, thank you uh, just for all that you're doing. Um, I just ask that you can, um, again, be with us and uh, allow us to uh, be able to rest in you and to look to you for help and to pray to you for the needs of people who is oppressed. Lord, let us go out and be there for them. Let us go out and be there for each other and love one another and stir each other up to love and good works. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Amen, dude. Thank you so much for just being a part of this conversation. And I know <laughs> I know that there's going to be healing um, that the Lord wants to now you just bring. So that's our prayer. Listen, uh, church, we love you guys. I cannot stress enough. This is the time to be a part of community. This is the time to be a part of a community that, like, I, like my small group and many others, where you're going to see different ages, different races, just different places of life and just to press into the gospel together. And I think proximity changes 
um, people's beliefs. And I think that when there's distance, it continues to breed suspicion. So man, let's be in community, let's be in proximity. And uh, that's it, we love you guys, miss you. We'll see you on Sunday through the live stream. And uh, yeah, God bless you guys. All right, guys, peace.